0: Guys for the delay in coming to this first episode. Uh, but uh, life happens. So I'm here now and I hope all is well with everyone. I guess the first episode should be my story. Um, I guess the way I'll present it is information about me briefly and breaking some of those stigmas that people have about people who have substance disorders. I'm a person of long-term recovery so it is what it is and it's truly a blessing to be able to walk this out and you know, live this life that, that I've been blessed with and live a life of recovery. Um, I'm a baby of, I guess, uh, even though I'm grown, um, a household of four, one sibling. Um, I'm the baby, have an older sibling, um, So, you know, it was different. I came up in the era of children or to be seen and not heard. And some would say that that is neglect. Um, and I kind of used to think that, but it depends on the culture you grew up in. Um, You know when you when you analyze it being a minority in this area um, the information my great-grandparents and grandparents passed out to my parents that was their love language that they had to pass on in order for their babies to come home so you know that's what my parents provided to me and when I look at the type of guy I was, I always thought I was the smartest guy I knew. So I believe my parents seen that. So I I needed to uh, learn how to take direction, which I struggled with all my life. So there is... One of the characteristics of uh, substance use disorders: um, following directions and, and carrying them out, and, and and keep in mind that this is going on before I, I touched any substance. So as life went on, there were there were always uh, feelings of inadequacy, not, not measuring up. And I was the type that was always going to find a shortcut for whatever reason. I guess it's, I guess it's the way my, my brain is wired. Um, so when, when I would have to do chores, um, I was always going to find a shortcut. So I was always doing my chores over. Uh, my parents were, you know, I wouldn't say strict, but they they held me to a higher standard, and I would go out of my way to cut that standard short. Um, so that was just the makeup of I guess, you know, Having substance use disorder, you know, it's it's hereditary, but it doesn't have to be activated. Um, it, it's no different than, you know, someone who has diabetes that runs in their family. You don't have to have it if you're aware of it and you eat correctly and you're taught a proper diet so so it's one of the same types of things um you know a lot of people tend to think that addiction is a moral deficiency it's not it's it's truly a disease of obsession and compulsion but it goes on long before uh we pick up a substance um So, those are, that's one of the things I I want people to get. Like, we we tend to think that it's always the the drug, and, you know, it it plays a part, but that's just a symptom of addiction. Uh, So, as life went on, I, I, uh, you know, and that feeling of inadequacy, and, and, not feeling as though I I belonged and and it was nothing that anyone did or said. That was just my my emotional state inside. And I've, I had trouble expressing myself. So so one of my addictions at an early age was uh, suppression. So I would stuff what I was feeling you know um, to not not express myself so in that and I was allowed to but I just didn't feel capable to so so that began you know me to have have multiple feelings going on and not understand Why This is hindsight now that I'm telling you that I'm looking at. So, um, you know, as life went on and, you know, I, I would see things differently. I would see things from the perspective of, you know, substance use disorder. So that being said, it wouldn't be from the normal perspective of a normal brain. Um, and I, I say that to say like watching my parents go to work, watching my dad go to work, watching my mom go to work and, and do things those things didn't appeal to me they they were like uh, things that squares did and I've had I had older cousins and, and, and things that you know, had an alternative lifestyle, and and that's what appealed to me, Um, and and that was just the way I was wired, like, I just thought it was, that alternative lifestyle was just so cool, Um, and and, in hindsight, and and the trials and tribulations that I've gone through, it, it, it wasn't cool at all, like, my dad going to work was cool. My mom going to work was cool, and I truly, truly, you know, appreciate, you know, them and the the values and morals they showed me, um, as well as my grandparents. Um, so, you know, with that, as life went on, I was first introduced to marijuana at a at a young age. Um, I, I'd say I was probably about nine when I smoked my first joint. And, you know, it it allowed me to not feel, I guess, or, or subside that, uh, anxiety or that running brain that would never just cut off. So, I continued that for a while. A long while, um... And just to put you in a mindset of how how progressive this works um, as i'm as I'm doing smoking smoking marijuana and whatnot, um, it it progressed pretty rapidly. Um, I had a friend who it was just him and his dad. I would get five dollars a week for lunch and He would get $10 a week. So I would have someone buy me five uh, joints for a dollar. I guess I'm telling the age now. huh? (laughs) Five five joints for a dollar and he would get 10. So I would charge him a dollar to smoke with me. Now this is progression. Um, At this early age going into middle school at this point, I'm, you know, maintaining a high, you know, I'm flipping a high, um, who does that at that age, who knows to do that, and this is how substance use disorder, you know, works, you you begin to progress, and, and you're not even realizing what's going on, because, you know, to me, this is just... Fun at this time So um, You know wh- While I think I'm having fun I'm unleashing I've unleashed a beast That I didn't even know Dwelled in me um, And you know Being that it it, it ran in my family um, Still didn't have the information Of really what it was You know um, In our community it was, you know, not something we talked about, it was, it just was, you know, and, you know, our, our, a lot of our grandparents, you know, functioned in that, like, whether they worked at the steel mills or whatever, or whatever their work was, they'd go to work, drink, go to sleep, get up and go to work. So, a lot of them were functioning in that state um whether they were alcoholics or not we we couldn't decipher because they they knew how to provide and make a way um so as as life went on um looking at these cousins and and, you know admiring or envying this alternative lifestyle um I fell in love with with fantasy and wanting to be and have something that that I wasn't. And mind you, um, the, these older uh, cousins indulged in, in in different types of. Um, substance uses, and I gotta say, like, before I even used a substance, before I even used uh, heroin, I was already addicted to heroin, and I, I had a thought of it being so cool because of my older family members who did it, and and, and the alternative lifestyle that they lived, I just thought was cool. So I I, I used to say that I was, uh, I started using at like 15 or or 16, but I believe it was a little later, but I was already addicted in in that fantasy land of, of lifestyle, probably at 15 or 16, because I thought... You know, it was just so groovy and cool how, you know, they they were living. And, and that's my personal, you know, misinformation of, of the way my brain is hardwired as being a, you know, person with substance use disorder. So as, as life progressed, you know, I, I attempted you know, an alternative lifestyle, and it didn't last very long before, you know, I was my number one customer, per se. doing um, one thing to get the other, um, and I just thought, this is how life was now mind you my story was never like um worried about a meal worried about where I was going to stay like my my parents provided pretty well for us and and like you know that's not my story and, and I'm not knocking anyone if that is their story it's just not mine um to to put it blunt, I was really spoiled, rotten, that's, you know, one of my issues uh, of entitlement, Um, uh, thinking the world revolves around me because my parents truly provided for me well and spoiled me, Um, so I I had this thought that the world revolved around me, and, and it doesn't, so Those are things I have to be mindful of in in my journey of recovery to keep my my ego and self-centeredness at bay and and know that just because I'm on this path uh, of recovery that the world doesn't revolve around me. And and this is about me building a relationship with myself and, and learning to love myself and whom else is around me will benefit because I'm showing a a healthy relationship with loving and caring for myself. So, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, prior to this relationship that I'm building with myself, I had no relationship with myself. I, I, you know substance, substances, my mood-altering substances took all of that away from me, um, to the point that I was living on an animalistic level, um, not bathing, not showering, um, not eating, not sleeping none of none of the normal things that people do just chasing the next one how can i get more um and, and you know guilt and shame consumed me um to the point that like uh, it affected every area of my life um i'm just <laughs> Uh, there are no words. Uh, so, a- a- as that progressed, <clears throat> it, it, it doesn't get better, trust me. Um, it just continues on, on a downhill slope. And, and everybody's bottom is different. Like, um, the one thing about a person with a substance use disorder is... We can tolerate a lot of pain um, and that's sad to say because we we just keep going and till we, we totally self-destruct a lot of times. and. it's a, it's a rough place to be in, in total hopelessness, um, not, you know, caring if you live or die, well, it's not that you're, you, you just don't believe that you're going to live, let's say that, it's not that you don't care, you, you just don't believe that there's, you don't have hope in tomorrow, um, And, you know, you have this concept a lot of times that you're not hurting anyone but yourself, but, you know, truly that, that's a misconception because a lot of times we have loved ones who are hurting, and, and, like, guilt and shame will keep. From them because you know it hurts, and you just try to pile on more substances to numb those feelings and cope. And eventually, you know, the, the, the same things that make you use a substance my mood altering substance chemical drug the same thing that makes you start is the same thing that makes you stop usually Um, and and that's pain so eventually after a while it doesn't work anymore so you you just get to a point where you're just using and, and this is for me I got to a point where I was just using to you know normal, to be able to function normal, whatever normal is, um, where, where I'm not going through withdrawal symptoms, um, and and it's such. pain that you, you really don't want to be in existence um you know, we, we go through life and and life happens, but um one of the struggles of being a person with substance use disorder when you're actively caught up in those grips um, is a lack of coping skills whether it's, um being hereditary—that—that that you've got gotten this disease, whether it's the environment, whether it's you know um, you know whatever it might be—it's it, definitely a lack of coping skills. And there's no known cure for substance use disorder, but there are multiple pathways that people have taken that that work, and people have. Arrested this disease and go on to live normal lives. Um, so, so it's a it's a process, and this this is a, a disease not for people who need it, but for people who want it. As far as recovery, like this is something no no one's going to choose it for you. You have to make the choice, um, and even with. The information of recovery and, and, and different types of treatment. Um, honestly, like people die with this information. Um, if you're not applying it to your life daily, um, it, it's it's useless because you you have to use this every day, um, every day and be on guard for that unguarded moment because uh, it's really uh, how you cope with life and, and life on life's terms is just life like there, there's no script to it how it shows up how it comes you, you just have to be anchored in, in your recovery and, and have a network and support system that that you can confide in and and be okay with not knowing some things and asking for help because we we don't have all the answers and as I found out in my struggles I am not the smartest guy I know and everything is up for revision And, and that's why I say that because uh You have to ask for help, and we we get caught up in a lot of these spaces that, oh, I'm this certain age, I'm not going to ask for help, so I should know this. And the reality is, you don't know what you don't know, so it's okay to ask for help. On, On top of, like, in areas we grew up, and the misinformation we got, we were misinformed by misinformed people. So so we have to keep that in mind, you know, whether it's that misinformation of what being a man is, like, uh, you know, in, in a lot of the eras coming up, it was for, for being a man, it was money, hoes, and clothes, but uh, a, a true man, you know. I believe, you know, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be all things to, to your loved ones, especially your family and your children. You have to be able to be transparent. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be able to speak life. You have to know when to hug and, and, and when to be assertive. Um, there, there's no way around that. You can't just be one way and think like, that makes you a man like you you provide your multiple things you do as a man and and you know that the the gangster per se is you know not one of them because like when you see what this life has done to a, a lot of our people in our in our community is it something you would want your child to do or go through so we have to keep in mind the examples we set and how we want our legacy to be, um, you know, and try to work on making better choices. Um, so, you know, um, we, we have to, and when I say we, I, I, I speak in that fashion because Everything I've experienced uh, has shaped and molded me. So I, I can't say I in a, in a lot of areas because my experiences with people, whether good or bad, have shaped me into who I am. So a lot of times I, I try to use we because we made be who I am today. Um, so but in a lot of areas I'm speaking on my experience and experiences on what I've learned in my journey thus far. And, you know, I'm just trying to do better than I did yesterday and continue to build a loving and caring relationship with myself so I can better love and care on my loved ones and all I come in contact with to be able to be blessed, to be a blessing to others. Um, So, you know, the journey goes on as I get caught up in, you know, substance use disorder and by the end of 12th grade, I get kicked out of school and don't go to summer school and... Now, I'm a dropout, so I'm falling into these statistics quickly. Um, And, you know, it's, I'm not knowing this until, like, hindsight. Um, That life is happening and I'm being a statistic. So, you know. Statistically, they say, you know, a dropout is likely to see a jail cell, and sure enough, at 18, I see a jail cell, um, and that goes on in and out for a while, and and then I had the epiphany that this is not normal, because for a long time I just thought that this is how life is—you you go you. That this wasn't normal. This is not what my grandmother's life was like. This is not what my parents' life is like. And I have to to mention that I I had struggles with grief. I didn't know how to grieve and deal with a lot of loss in in my family. Um, So as I proceeded through life, I just kept you know, on struggling, and and I tried recovery multiple times, and, you know, it's hard for someone who is, per se, the smartest guy in the room, because, like, it's, I made it complicated, so, um, people have many many different views on different types of recovery but we have to remember that you know some are sicker than others and life is a process you know what I mean Um, so we we didn't each person doesn't just arrive where they are it's a process so you know and, and having a God if you're understanding Um, you know it it works out for how you need it to work out at your pace Um, we can't just expect because God has done this and that for me that you're supposed to be where I'm at Um, that's just not the reality of life and and we try to move less judgmental and, and more with love and encouragement so, so we're not placing, you know, anyone in a place of uh, belittling them or berating them and, and shaming them to the point that they don't believe they can recover. Um, that that's a major thing that we have to be mindful of because the the psyche gets so fragile that that you know anything can be viewed in a negative light during active use of substances so we we have to learn to move in that that love and, and judgment free zone and, and that doesn't mean being an enabler or be a doormat it just means like that you have to take into consideration to to place yourself in someone else's shoes to have some empathy so, so as life went on, you know, there were, uh, struggles, you know, struggles, and, and, you know, through the grace of God, I I, I made it through, but I'm not exempt, um, I can't make one bad decision, or I I could be, you know starting all over per se in in this you know hurricane of trying to recuperate and and get back to the life of recovery and and i have to mention that relapse is a part of recovery but it's not mandatory that you relapse to recover so so keep that in mind with with your loved ones and, and you know get the information about uh recovery and have an open mind when you're when you're figuring this out if you're if you're dealing with a loved one affected by addiction or you're the one affected by it because it's a it's a long road it's a, it's a lot of work and you know, you have to be committed to it because it's for you and it's about you. Um, this this is a disease that, that affects, you know, the mind. It's mental, it's physical, it's spiritual. Uh, you know, mentally, like the obsession and compulsion, obsession is not being able to stop thinking about it compulsion is once you start you can't stop the spiritual piece is the total self-centeredness so we have to be mindful of what we're dealing with but it, it can be arrested you know what i mean and, and we have to be mindful with people when we say uh well why don't you just stop you know if they've been clean for a while not. It, it's no different than telling someone to Who's had cancer and it went into remission and it came back to tell them to put their cancer back into remission. You know, there's a whole process to that. You know, you you have to get diagnosed and and see what the treatment is for getting it to go back. It doesn't just go back. So, um, as I went through life and acquired information, I struggled with uh, the application of. So, um, it it took a a, a long time for me to catch on and understand the application of recovery. Um, like it it was like crazy, but it was kind of simple once I, I, I caught on as I moved through life and in, like, active active substance use disorder, um, I, I didn't believe, I couldn't see having a choice. It was mandatory by any means necessary that I use the substance every day, every day, every day, every second I was thinking about how I was going to get more, couldn't stop, wasn't going to stop, and, and that was my mindset. And, and there was no choice in whether I was going to use or not. I had to use. Um, just so happened throughout, you know, some things um, that uh, that uh, happened. I ended up in in, in treatment. I was in in group and they were and, and the staff was the, the therapist was talking and they were talking about using and I, I raised my hand and, and asked. They were talking about how you stop and, and I raised my hand and asked. Well, well, how do you do that? And I had this aha moment when he said it. said you make a choice not to and the light went off like a aha moment and I realized that I had a choice in, in whether I chose to use or not prior to that moment I didn't believe I had a choice and That's just what I was going to do until the day I died so somewhere along the way you know God seemed fit for me to catch on and and, and understand that there was a choice in this and I was so floored and and I became more receptive to the, the process and started to embrace the journey and wasn't so locked on where I was trying to get to and, and started to stay in the now more like stay in today i'm not going to worry about yesterday i'm not going to focus on next week um and, and you know in in that journey i had found out in this journey should i say i, I found out about some uh, co-occurring mental health issues as well, Um, and I encourage everyone, whether you you deal with substance use disorders or not, to to go get an evaluation, because, you know, in in our culture, it's looked at as per se taboo, and you know, it's not. If nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. But um, if there is, it's good to know. And not all diagnoses require medicine. So don't don't misconstrue like they're going to put me on medicine or they're going to do this and that. Some things are just psychotherapy. You just go talk with someone. But in in my journey, I found out I had some mental health issues that were probably going on non-diagnosed undiagnosed throughout my life and and, you know I was probably self-medicating and probably a lot of us do and, and don't know so um You know, we we live in a rough world and, and like, uh, PTSD and things of that nature, you know, affects the memory, affects the emotions, affects affects everything. And, you know, we don't know what's going on, why it's going on, you know, we don't remember things, just different things that go on that, you know, we, we could be aware of or get some awareness on. So a mental health check is not a bad thing. I'm an advocate for getting that mental health check. I'm an advocate for, you know, substance use, substance abuse prevention, Um, you know, just just your whole well-being. Just take care of yourself no matter what color. What age, what race, what gender, what whatever you're into—it's it, it doesn't matter. It's all about well-being, love, and and, and doing—you know what's in the best interest of of well-being for self first, and 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 not harming nobody because you know we do enough harm to ourselves. So we just got to get on that right track and do do what needs to be done for us to get better and, and teach our our uh, legacy and our little ones our younger ones you know the, the right things in life so that they can make it a better place because it's it's rough enough you know in, in this day and time um, so you know it, it's just about being mindful and, and learning to build a relationship with the self First and foremost, because the first relationship you have to build is with you. Like, you don't trust, because nine out of ten, you probably didn't trust yourself. So, if I don't trust myself, how am I going to trust you? Like, all of these things for me, I found out were issues I had with me first. And and I had to learn to build these things with me. Um, And as I learned to build them with me, I learned to build them with others Um, and like there are no words that I can explain like this process really because you you have to become it so when when I say you have to become it like I can verbally share with you in, in this process but it's still not it you have to be it you have to become it you have to live it and you have to walk it out so when you're seen people know that it's something different per se if that makes sense I hope it does um so as I as I uh progress in life some days are better than others I'm not perfect by far um I miss the mark um But I just get up and and keep pressing, I keep pressing, Um, I encourage people, I speak life uh, and the stigma of this all being broken is, you know, some things have happened in my life. Um, You know, from being in active substance use disorder and being hopeless to becoming a founder and CEO of a non-profit, doing this podcast, co-facilitating some things to help families, you know, start the communication process for their loved ones and get an understanding on addiction. So, um... I've met some people that you know were collaborating on some things for you know the betterment of addiction and people caught up in substance use disorder for them to get better for their families to understand and be able to better support them um, so there are like lots of things and, and many doors that have opened um, in in this period of time, so, you know, in school, working on on the bachelor's degree in social work, looking forward to the master's in counseling, like, these are things I I, I didn't fathom, you know, and it's funny to me because when I was just a little wee lad, you asked me what I what did I want to be when I grew up it was an airplane pilot or a lawyer <laughs> and um, the journeys and choices we make take us down such crazy paths and, and, and crazy roads that you know we, we find out that you know there's a whole nother uh, calling that we're here for mm-hmm. So you know, with that, it, it's basically you know, don't don't count anyone out. You know, just you know, keep them in prayer. You know, and, and I, I try to keep it a as professional as possible when when I'm speaking, um, and, and not push my faith on anyone, um, and, and stay as spiritual as possible because you know it, it's about your faith. This is about you, just like it's about my personal faith. I'm just sharing my experience, strength, and hope, and, and I just want you to catch on and get this like I caught on. So, you know, continue to to strive for excellence and, and, and love yourself and learn to love yourself and, and you know, just do what you can do and, and ask for help there's nothing wrong with asking for help um, uh, it's just a an awesome thing in life of recovery and it's not perfect it's not always like sunshine but the Sun is shining somewhere all the time um, and you, you just have to embrace this journey and, and love the process and it don't always feel good and feelings ain't, aren't always facts, but, you know, you embrace it and make it through. Um, you, you just have some courage. Even when you're frightened and scared to death, you press through and, and, and do whatever it is that needs to be done. So with that, I just want to, um, you know, say thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for supporting me. And I encourage you. to to stay encouraged and stay motivated and and just be who you are and, and, you know, love on people. Let's not be the judge and jury on them, just love on people. Um, so I thank those who, when I was at my worst, believed in me, um, and, and, you know, spoke life and, 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 praying for me, and also, I think those who, when I, when I was at my worst, you know, thought I was a wasted heartbeat, because, you know, how can a man learn balance without, uh, you know, good and bad, or right and wrong, or, you know, it, it, it's a funny thing, because it's just life, and, and that's just how life goes, um, you know, so i pray for my loved ones i pray for you know those who don't love me or whatever however you want to place it i pray the best that god continues to bless everyone uh peace and blessings stay blessed be encouraged and uh, i think that's pretty much it on my story and my glimpse of you know my substance use and how I came out of it through the grace of God and what I do now to stay anchored, um, I do recovery, I, I do selfless things in helping others, um, started a nonprofit, and, and I facilitate some things and I collaborate with some people and I just continue to, you know, stay humble and, you know, do do the best I can each day. Sometimes my best isn't good enough, but when it's all said and done, I get up and press on. Thanks for your support, and if no one's told you today they love you from the bottom of my heart, I love you. I wish you the best, and I hope that this has touched you and encouraged you to do better in your life, because it's just a beautiful thing, life is to be lived, so I encourage you to live life, Uh, live, 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 thank you.